Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd. Be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi-millionaire real estate agent and investor, Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Uncommon Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Craddock. Uh, it looks like Jeff Safra is now joining us, so we will have Jeff joining us today. Um, today, we are going to be talking about what we always talk about, is how to build wealth, how to be excellent, how to be uncommon in a world of very common, common folks. So what we see is uh, uh, most of the agents we work with are common. They're not working on their craft. They're not doing what it takes to be excellent. They're not doing the things that to, to get uncommon results for their clients. And so for those of us that do, we get uh, uncommon results for our clients and the people that solve the most problems make the most money. And so we make uncommon uh, income as well. And uh, now here is what we, I believe the differentiator is between what we talk about day in and day out and everybody else is we need to learn that we can do insider trading in real estate that other people can't. We can, we can win in ways that other people cannot win because of the fact that we have insider knowledge in real estate. So all of us need to be buying properties, building wealth, and uh, wealth is when your money works harder than you work. So with that said, today we're going to talk about the shifting market. And uh, I do want to ask if anybody is here and would be willing to give us an honest review. That would really help us a lot. So if you can do, do that, uh, that'd be great. And then also one other thing, I just want to put it out there. Um, again, I don't want to pitch it all the time, but I do want to put it out there so everybody knows that Jeff and I, um, we did move over to EXP Realty. And one of the things we do over there is it, it allows us to partner with people, not join the team or anything else, but just partner with people anywhere in the country. And so if that's something that anybody is interested in having a conversation about, um, you know, just us opening up our playbook and partnering with you on that front, please send me a DM um, in Instagram at Cradrock. All right. With that said, um, we're going to get into the shifting market. But first, let me congratulate Jeff. He just went under contract on a multi-unit back in Kansas, his hometown. So let's go, Jeff. Safe, right? Let's do it. And uh, excited about all of this. And now we're getting into the shifting market. So first, uh, Jeff, just give us 30 seconds and give me a, uh, um, just uh, give us a brief synopsis of that, uh, that multi-unit. And then we're going to get into scripting and, and getting more listings in this market. But give us a 30-second synopsis. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, you know, so basic synopsis, I got an eight-unit uh, property, four two-bedrooms, four one-bedrooms. Uh, this is a... Um, it's, it's been an apartment complex. It's been out for a while, but uh, an investor came in, they stripped it down. I had all these plans for it and then uh, ran out of money, uh, this, that, and the other. So it sat there gutted for, for actually a couple of years. I just came across it randomly and picked it up super cheap. We're going to have to invest. Uh, I picked it up for just shy of 50 grand actually, but now we're gonna have to put in about 450,000 into it. Uh, conservative numbers have it cash flowing 
uh, two grand a month um, with potential to be significantly higher than that three grand plus cash flow uh, if all goes as planned. But conservative numbers are right around two grand a month. So not bad. Awesome. Two grand a month, not bad uh, to cash flow on, on that puppy. Plus a multi-unit is, is another really, really good uh, piece there. So what I would just say is, um, you know, the importance of that is you can also uh, do a cost segregation in all of us that are real estate agents. Um, need to understand that a cost segregation will save you a fortune in taxes that you can take against your active income. So another reason why we should be buying properties. All right, there we go. I've, uh, I've diverged for uh, six minutes, but I do hope that there is value in the fact that we are pushing buy properties, buy properties. All right, so here we go. Um, this market right now, everybody is saying, I, I mean, I'm looking at real estate agents left and right, talking about how the market's crashing, market's crashing. First of all, like if you are posting stuff like that, you're foolish. Don't do that. Like, like honestly, if you don't understand the power of a self-fulfilled prophecy, like you don't get it. You're missing it. Like that is, and, and I'm sorry if somebody's upset with me for calling you foolish, I'm sorry, uh, but you got to get it. Like that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Do not propagate fear in people that are looking to buy or sell uh, real estate. That is one way to hurt our industry, to hurt the real estate market, everything else. So that's number one. Number two, what we do want to know is uh, we want everybody to understand real estate is a, it's, it's still a strong place to be, right? It is it's not, you know, it's not a terrible market to be in as far as like people that are investing. Now, with that said, when we're talking to sellers, we are having a slightly different conversation. Um, and why is that conversation? How can we have a conversation when we don't, if we don't believe that the market is falling off a cliff? Jeff, how can we have the conversation? I know you're meeting with sellers all the time. How can we have that conversation and not feel like we're being disingenuous or a, a person of integrity if, we, if we're talking about potential pitfalls coming up? Well, I mean, you know, the first thing I would, I would say is that, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of, of our time today, you know, what does it mean to be uncommon? And one of the things that I would suggest to, to be uncommon is to be... <laughs> I, this might sound kind of bad, so I want to be careful that I'm not overly critical, but sometimes I feel like it's uncommon to be professional in this field. And what I mean by that is, is everybody should be studying the economic indicators and, and understanding where things are at. Because if you're doing that, you're going to understand that, you know, again, and we say it, we've said it numerous times, so not to be a, a broken record here, but New construction is behind. Inventory is significantly down. We have so many people, you know, on our early on our morning huddle this morning. We talked about, you know, I think what is it? I I can't remember what the statistic was, but the vast majority of people have a sub four, uh, you know, interest rate, and and even more than that, so many people have a sub three interest rate. So they're holding those properties, and they went and bought new properties. So, you know, properties that would have been on the market you know, in times past, they're now being held as rentals because money was so cheap. They refied out and then they went and got their, their next house. So there's just so many different indicators. And as you walk people through that, you know, you can, you can help them understand that yes, the market is shifting, 
but we're not going to see everyone. Everyone's expecting to see this 2008 uh, bubble burst again, right? I, you know, I kind of liken it to my my great grandparents, uh, my grandparents who went through the Great Depression and they saved everything, right? And they hid money and they did this, and they did that because they always expected another Great Depression to come about. And it's it's almost like history is repeating itself with a with a great recession, if you will, and the and the real estate you know bust. Everyone's expecting to see 2008 again, but unfortunately, well, actually, I mean, unfortunate for their predictions. Fortunate for us that are in the industry, you know, the the indicators just aren't there. Absolutely. So, so when we're talking to sellers, I do not believe that the market is going to fall off a cliff, but. One of the best books that I have read in years is, uh, is a book called Thinking in Bets. And she was, a, she was a professional poker player, the author. And she talks about everything in life is a bet, right? Everything in life. And so when we're talking to sellers that are sitting here saying, I want to sell in the next three to six months, which by the way, if you're meeting with sellers that want to sell and they're, they're more than six months out, uh, I would say, unless you don't have any other business, you're probably wasting your time. So you should only be belly to belly with sellers if, if they're within six months. Um, otherwise, you know, just get on the phone and, you know, and get other new prospects uh, in front of you. But uh, if you're talking with somebody that's like within six months, why is like, like, first, we've got to ask ourselves, why is somebody selling? You know, and, and what we need to say is, okay, they've got some sort of pain, right? Their house is too small. They need to cash out. Maybe this is their retirement money. Uh, maybe they're, they need to buy their dream house. Whatever it is, what is this? And then we ask ourselves, what is the bet, right? And so what I would say right now is not that we, we go fear-mongering, but that we use this to push urgency, and show how, th how the urgency to move to the next step sooner than they were planning on doing, you know, maybe it's six months out, you know, maybe you're talking to somebody on the phone and it's, they're a year out. How do you push urgency to say, you know what, now is the time. So Jeff, I, you know, being in houses day in and day out, I, I've got a couple of scripts that I want to share here in a second, but I know you're in like every, every day you're in, in houses with sellers. So what are some of the things you're saying to push urgency when somebody says, I'm thinking six months down the road, I'm thinking one year down the road, I'm thinking two years down the road. How are you pushing that urgency? Well, I mean, again, we're, we're still seeing, you know, inflation rates, inflation's out of control. There's, there's still the topic of conversation. And, you know, when you turn on the news, you know, I, I just went back to the Midwest this, um, you know, this past, like two weeks ago, Everybody's talking about the cost of gas, the cost of food, the cost of everything is going up, right? And the reality is, is, is that as long as, uh, you know, the inflation is going up, the interest rates are going to go up. So you're having people that, you know, I think to some degree we're holding off thinking that the interest rate spike might have come back down, uh, but they're going to have to, they're going to have to buy, they're going to have to buy quickly. And you are kind of seeing this, you know, or at least I am seeing a little bit of an uptick of, of people uh, pushing to pushing to go ahead and get their properties now um, before you know before the Fed raises the rate anymore. Those are some of the conversations we're having. And then you know this might be a little bit out of line of what you're trying to say, but one thing that uh, you know. So how do you guard against inflation? 
you put your money in assets, right? What's the greatest asset? Real estate. And so actually what we're seeing, especially in the luxury market, is there's a lot of cash offers being had because people are moving their money out of um, you know, out of whatever and they're and they're putting it into real estate, right? To to guard against that inflation. So so those those are a couple of the things that I'm really using and that, you know, again are garnering the attention of of potential sellers. So with that said, let's let's take a couple examples of of things and let's let's just role play and have the conversation because these are the ones that people are seeing. All right. So yep. Jeff, if I'm saying, hey, hey Jeff, you know, we're in our townhouse right now. My wife is pregnant. We want to get into a a single family house, but I want to see how all this shakes out um, before we get moving. You know, everything's so volatile, you know, uh, we're going to be going on vacation. So I, I, I was thinking like late fall or, you know, after the turn of the year, you know, we, we should really have the conversation. Awesome. Well, let me ask you real quickly. Um, what's your current interest rate on the townhome that you're in right now? Uh, I think we're in at like three and a quarter. Okay. So you, so you're able, you, you probably refi then, you know, when the, uh, when the interest rates first started dropping, is that, is that about right? Yeah, that's right. Awesome. And what, what type of equity do you have in, in the home right now? Well, I'll tell you, according to Zillow, I mean, I think I've got like a hundred to $150,000, um, just because the market has gone up. So, so crazy in the last like six years since we bought it. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. That's, that's good to hear. And I'm glad to hear that you also refied. It actually gives you a couple options if, if you want to look at those options, but let's, let's pause that for just a second. And let's, let's look out to say, you know, if you, if you wait three to six months, you don't, you don't sell or buy until, you know, October to December timeframe. What are you going to do if interest rates go up another 1%? Like, is that going to impact your buying potential? Well, won't the, uh, won't the market crash if, uh, like if that goes up, won't people not be able to afford it and market crash and I could scoop something up for real cheap? Yeah. I mean, there's always that possibility and, you know, and, and maybe for my, for my wife and I's sake, you know, I got my fingers crossed that something like that would happen so I could buy cheap as well. But, you know, unfortunately the, the reality is, or, or even fortunately, because we need a strong real estate market for a strong economy. Uh, the, the reality is, is we have a significantly, you know, we're still in a, in a, in a market with very low inventory. And so we're, we're about, we're, we're just shy of, a, I think we're just shy of a million homes that are needed or, uh, you know, for the, for the market right now. And so, you know, with that reality, with the interest rates or, you know, you might ask, why is the inventory so low? There's two reasons for that. Number one, new construction is behind after the 2008 crash, which everybody's expecting to see again. But there was an overreaction to, you know, to that, to where new construction stopped. And so we just don't have enough homes for the amount of people that are looking at them. Second, just like you said, you refied once the interest rate started to drop at the beginning of the pandemic. Just about everyone did that. And then while money was cheap, they also went and bought their next home. So the fact that new construction is behind and everybody bought their next home, or you know, a lot of people bought their next home and kept their, their, you know, their previous residence as a rental property, 
those two things and, and some other factors are keeping the, the market low. So, or the, I'm sorry, the inventory low. So the reality is, while we're going to see a, a stabilization in six months, we're not going to see a fallout. It, you know, there, there's just not the indicators there, even though the interest rates uh, continue to creep up. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I think that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah. The, the only thing I would add to that uh, is just reminding people, what if, what if it stays the same and you're paying, you know, paying 7% interest rate, 8% interest rate, you know, obviously uh, inflation is continuing to go up. The government's uh, said they want to keep it under control. So they are going to be continuing to raise interest rates. Like what happens at that point, you're buying the same house for a lower interest rate or what happens if they lose all of their equity in the house they're in now and have a high interest rate and they get stuck, right? Like those are like yep. those are the bets they're making, right? So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So that so one of the things that I, you know, I'm I'm talking about the current interest rate that they have on the current home. I'm also talking about the equity that they have because they could use the equity that they have in their current home to help purchase the next home without even having to sell. Right. That's one thing I'm doing. Um, the other thing is, you know, because there is a slowing of the market, we're seeing days on market extended, we're seeing price reductions. So we are seeing a slight drop in the market, but it's, but in, in everything that I'm seeing, it's going to be temporary because it's going to become the new norm, right? The only thing that is suppressing the market right now is interest rates. That's the only thing, nothing else is suppressing the market. The market didn't slow down the market, you know, the, the market was going crazy until the interest rates started to rise, right? There, there's nothing else that, that's slowing it down. And so if we, use, if we use this opportunity, we're seeing price drops. So homes are dropping, you know, 5%. I've seen some, drop, some homes drop a couple, you know, some drop 10%, but we're about a 5% drop off of where they went to list at. And there's still, you know, a couple weeks, two, three, four weeks on market at this point, you can start talking about getting your, uh, well, this is on the buy side. I know we're talking about listings, but I kind of went on the buy side tangent. So on the buy side tangent, you can get the closing, you can get closing help now. There's, there's a lot more of that happening. So, so that makes it a good time to sell. Or I'm sorry, a good time to buy. And then if they get worried about the interest rates, the reality is the interest rates will come down at some point and they can refi at that time. So they'll have the lower price on the on, on buying the house and they would have the uh they would get the, the lower interest rate as they refied out but again i switched tracks i apologize i kind of went by side when i know we're talking listings yeah i and i love to have little uh sound bites over and over again and so one of the things if you're talking buy side always say date the rate marry the house um you know i think that's a a good thing there but going over and over again we always want to make people understand uh what their bets are, right? And so uh, one of my friends says, says this over and over again, Tina, there is no alternative, right? And so we remind them, what is the alternative? What is the bet that they have? Their bet is interest rates are coming down. Uh, the market's crashing. Okay, if the market crashes, they lose their equity. Can they still afford? Uh, what happens if, if they lose their equity and the interest rate goes up? They're in a worse situation than they are now. Right. And so that's where we just need to kind of always remind them 
that situation. Now let's go to let's go to the next situation. A uh, let's okay. let, hey, let's pause on that real quick because I think you you kind of helped me to see something that I, I I should have seen and maybe I did but I didn't see before. What Chris just said there is laying on their worst fears. Their worst fears is that the market crashes, that inflation is out of control, that the interest rates go up. So if if let's say I have a a five a $500,000 townhome and I've got $100,000 equity in it, but the market drops 10%, right? So that means my equity now is only 50 grand, but the interest rate goes up by another, by 1% or more. Now I'm, now I'm completely at a crossroads and helping them to see that and play that math out is gonna be significant, right? You could probably also get together with your lender and put together a quick graph of like what interest rates would cost and et cetera. So that way you could put that before your sellers, <laughs> which I'm going to do as soon as I get off this call um, so that they can really see if their fears play out, what does that look like? Right. Right. So let's, let's go to the next one. Let's talk about somebody moving out of the area, downsizing, um, cashing out of the market. Like this is their life savings. Um, Jeff, why don't you be the uh, um, why don't you be the seller this time, and let's uh, let's role play this from from that side. Um, awesome. So, uh, so Jeff, what are you? You know, just tell me about your situation. Are you you're you're looking to sell here? Let's get let's pre- pretend like we're further down the road here. So, you, do you want to sell here, but you're just waiting to see how everything shakes out, and and then you're going to move down to Florida? Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, you know, like I said, the kids are out, and you know, we're the only ones here. This house is too big for us. You know, my neighbors, you know, they just sold their house for for one point three, and you know, that kind of shocked us that they were able to get that much. And we know that the market's changing, so. You know, we're, we're, we're really just trying to explore, you know, is now the time or should we wait till next spring uh, once everything kind of calms down or, you know, we're just looking for our best, best route to get to Florida. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say they want to wait till next spring because they saw what happened over the, la- the previous two springs. And what I would just say is uh, maybe that happens again, but I do think that that was a bit of an anomaly. Um, and we're at a place where the market is flattening out, right? Um, in the past, the, the people had so much extra cash and the stock market was going up. People, there were cryptocurrency billionaires all over the place. Like all these 18 year olds were multimillionaires because of cryptocurrency. Well, you know, most of them are back working at McDonald's now. And uh, you know, most of the, uh, uh, and, and a lot of people, if you look at your stock market or, or your stock portfolio, you see it's, it's a little rough, but the, the real estate market has been pretty stable, but We've always got to understand whatever we do, any action we take, even inaction is a bet, right? We're always taking a bet, like action or inaction. And so, Jeff, what I want to ask you about is like, what would happen if, I don't think that we're coming for a 2008, but what would happen if 2008 happened over the next 12 12 months and we waited till spring and there was a massive decline in the market? What would that do for your next situation? Well, you know, I mean, I guess like, you know, we're, we're certainly going to lose a lot because, 
you know, what we would be buying down in Florida is going to be, you know, significantly less than what we're selling here, you know, but, you know, so yes, yeah, so we're, we're going to lose out a lot, you know, if we, if we did that here, but, you know, at the same time, we, we could, we could buy cheaper, you know, down, down in Florida at that time. Like, that's the only thing that I think the benefit would be. Yeah, no, it makes, makes sense. So if you were, let's just say worst case scenario, we're talking not as bad as 08, but you know, a serious drop off 20%, you know, I know you're selling your house at like 700. So we're talking about a hundred and $150,000, $140,000 decrease in equity. If you lost $140,000 over the next few months, would that hurt, hurt you pretty bad? Or are you in a situation where, you know, it, it really, I mean, it, it, nobody likes to lose money, but it really wouldn't hurt that much. Yeah. You know, I would say we're kind of in between, you know, we, we do have some retirement saved up, but we're not, you know, it, it would definitely sting. It, it definitely would sting. Right. Okay. So what I just say is this, I mean, if I'm looking at everything and I know that this is a big portion of what I'm relying on for my next stage, you know, I can either go into the next set, like, you know, next few months with the unknown coming, or I can say, listen, the next step of my life, I want to take what I've already made and just play it conservatively. Right. And be conservative and just say, if I move, if I sell now and take the equity I have now and buy a house in Florida, I, I know I can afford to live there. Even if I lost money in the Florida house, boom, great. If I don't lose money, then great. You know, but, but the, in my opinion, if you lose a ton of money here, even though you'll buy a house in Florida for less, if the market crashes, the interesting thing here is at least you know what you're looking at right now because you know in a good case scenario everything goes up you'll make money on your florida house a bad case scenario everything goes down at least you're where you want to be for the next stage of your life and you know that you have the money that you need in that process my you know my biggest fear is that we just waited too long you know we weren't we weren't really paying attention we didn't really think of it like i said my neighbor you know sold his house and um, just got a lot of money. It really surprised us. Um, you know, but we've got a lot of repairs and we just got to get, you know, there's a lot to do to get the house ready. And I just, I, I'm afraid that we missed the market. Yeah. You know what? I've had, uh, I've had a couple people, you know, I used to do youth ministry and, uh, young adult ministry. And I had, uh, I talked to some girls that were dating guys that they were going to get married to. And they're like, you know what? I don't think this is a good situation, but we've been dating for four or five years. And like, I just don't want to start that over. I'm like, would you rather a few months of a little bit of pain or would you rather a lifetime of pain? And uh, that was always, always my response. I look at where you're at right now and we still could sell with a great, uh, a great price here and not, not really even having to do much because the market's still strong enough that you could get out of this without having to do a ton of work, um, which I would recommend just like sooner rather than later, because let's say we spend 20 grand to make the house worth 30 or 40 grand more. Well, then you're, you're up by 10 to $20,000. But what happens in the next 60 days, if the market comes down by that much, I'd say, again, let's, 
let's deal with the devil we know rather than the devil we don't know. Let's deal with what we know right now. We will make this much money if we sell and we will be able to buy this house in Florida so that we know what we're getting into rather than just kind of stepping into the next few months, hoping that things will be good. Yeah. So to go off script a little bit there, that's one of the big things that I've heard from several sellers recently is they feel like they've missed the market. They don't feel like their house is ready to sell and they've got to do all these repairs, which is going to put them a couple more months out. And, you know, and, and, and again, they just feel that, that pressure. And that's kind of the one thing that, you know, that what you said there is kind of the direction that I've been going of, of saying, you know, let's test the market. Let's get the house ready in, in the sense of like making sure it's clean, making sure that, you know, everything is organized. We're going to have to, you know, get to the one third rule a little bit. So we're going to have to put some sweat equity in, but let's not invest any money. Let's not do any major renovations. Let's see what the market tells us our house is worth right now. And, you know, if we don't like the offers that we're getting, or if we don't get any offers, then we can take it off and we can do the work that we feel that needs to be done. Um, that, that's a direction that I've been taking a lot recently and, and it, and it, it's kind of relieved some of the stress and some of the pressure that, you know, that a, uh, that a seller is feeling. Yeah. And I know we got to wrap up. So I'll just like, just that last little piece, understand that if somebody says, oh, I made a bad decision, I missed the market. Um, you've got to tell a story. Like I told a story, you got to tell a story where they kind of laugh and they don't feel like you're pointing at them. You want to allow them to save face but you need to help yep. them understand just because you made a bad decision. Does that mean you should make another bad decision? Like help them kind of laugh at a situation where like, think of a story in your own life where, or in a friend's life where you made a bad decision and you said, Oh, I'm going to try to get myself out of, I mean, just literally picture anybody's golf game. You're in the woods, you hit the ball into the woods. You couldn't hit a fairway the size of like a football field. And then you're in the woods and you're trying to, punch it like towards the green in an opening the size of like a, a hand. It's crazy. It's crazy. So anyway, with that said, um, thank you so much. I really appreciate the uh, kind words, everybody. And uh, Jeff, will you take us home? Absolutely. Hey friends, this does conclude another episode of uh, the Uncommon Lunchbox with the host Chris Craddock, myself, Jeff Safright. Hey, before we go, wherever you are listening to this podcast, iTunes, Spotify, you know where you're at. Leave us a review, honest review. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to uh, hear, what topics we could discuss or people we could have on. We would love to hear from you. And, uh, hey, we'll be on next week, same time, same place. Until then, continue crushing it. Have a great week. We'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddock.com. 